1: and shine football fans welcome to morning footy hope you had a fantastic weekend good to be back i'm Susanna collins alongside nico Cantor, charlie davies alexis guerreros ali trost martin here for some headlines how's the weekend boys it's good to have you back first off right yeah
2: back in the winter how's it feel (laughs) right you
1: guys it turned cold well let's uh it's monday and it's time that we check in on our footy wagers Why do we which have once, to. Again, oh, God. once again oh didn't really go so well for everyone except Jimmy Conrad Yep. Um, wow i honestly so for me it all came out like we were all doing really well and then like <laughs> one result just completely derailed it so um, what derail actually yours? My, this is not my bet y'all Oh. I would have won if this you yeah. could, if you want to keep it like this, that's great. I will say I won. <laughs> yeah. AC Milan. Oh, you had Milan winning and and they ended up drawing with Leche 2-2. Two, two. So this is not correct, What did
3: you you didn't have the Leverkusen score in there. I did had you? I
1: had Leverkusen winning outright okay. and then I had Girona a okay. winner draw uh-huh. and then and, and then AC Milan Milan were up 2-0. Who were up 2-0? Mm. Ended up drawing mm. with Leche. So that and then you guys with the Newcastle. Yeah. Result.
2: Unbelievable. Just, Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, sure, from now on, because we also lost on the AC Milan the week before, from now on, if any of our bet matches, yeah, we you both guys, have to not do it, because that's uh-huh. a guarantee that it's not gonna happen.
1: And then Nico, <laughs> for you, you got done in by the the It Kiss was Stenaris, actually so. it was actually a, technically a draw. No, because no, this was the
2: Alexis problem last No, year. no. the difference <laughs> was mine was a final in which they won the final. Yeah, but yeah. and this is a quarter they uh, won. A, a first round <laughs> playoff
3: in which they won the playoff. Yeah. But I, I knew so that I would have had the bet because Houston. if you beat, if you excuse me, if you play Houston to advance, the odds become lower because you yeah. have a double chance on the tie and then winning in the penalty kick shootout. So I understood that I was getting in myself into. I, I, I Houston it's at nice home. Game. I thought that they would they would walk away with a win. Maybe I should have put winner draw. I don't know. I know. But Charlie and I, we were on FaceTime over the weekend, and we were just talking, and I go, oh, Real Sociedad, because we both had Real Sociedad and against the worst team in the in league, which is Almería. And they were winning through, like, 60 minutes, and I checked the score, and I go, oh, no! Both of us on FaceTime, Almería tied! <laughs> Wait! He goes, penalty (laughs) Penalty kick for Real Sociedad. (laughs) And we opened up the stream of both of us on FaceTime watching the Real Sociedad 90th minute penalty kick.
4: (laughs) <laughs> then it
1: goes in. I was, so I was so nervous. What an emotional journey you guys have been on. Oh, that's really cute. Um, oh. So once again, I think this is the second week in a row, Jimmy Conrad is the only one of us to hit on his bet. And apparently yeah. he sent us uh, of course a message. He mm. so, here it is.
5: <laughs> hey, guys, listen, listen. I got something for you. Oh, no. It's a wee suck <laughs> paper bag you can put over your heads. Cause week after week after week, there's only one person on top, and it's this guy, baby. Let's go! Yes, I'm gonna earn this. I know it's still pretty early, but I'm feeling pretty good given the trend that's happening right now, which is me getting W's and all of you taking L's. First off, Alexis and Charlie, Newcastle, that was a trap game. I told you he on did Friday. Say it, he did say it. They said had way it was too many injuries. Game. You guys are crazy. And then Susanna, listen. Stefano Pioli manages AC Milan. That's just just crazy. It's risky to even go with a team that he manages. You never know what's going to happen. And then Nico, baby, listen. Real Salt Lake has Diego Luna. That guy's an absolute baller unless he's taking penalties. That's a conversation for another time. All that really matters is I am the king for yet another week. Let's keep it going, baby. Woo!
1: Oh, man.
4: If, if I ever needed motivation, oh. I have it now.
1: Wow. Yeah. Man, this is bleak. This is real bleak. Charlie, welcome to the red, oh. along with me. I'm a red! Oh. Oh, that hurt. Oh. oh I was feeling so good a couple weeks ago. Like, like, help,
2: that's how I feel help. every time
1: I accountant God. emails. God! The red! I mean, thank God I only bet 25 bucks oh. this the weekend. oh <laughs> It's, it's not a good feeling. And Pete's sitting there like, Hi, I told I you. The house always God. wins. The house always wins. Damn it. So, okay, let's, um, let's chat. Let's chat about Newcastle real quick because yeah. he, Jimmy, Why Jimmy, did he did say, he warned you both that this was a trap game mm-hmm. for them. And... <laughs> Do you, do you, hindsight is always 2020, 20, right? Yes. Because all of a sudden, I'm looking at, at this Newcastle guy, and all this of the guy <laughs> that guy. That
2: guy. Solanke, bro. Out of nowhere.
1: But Newcastle are Look beaten at this. and battered.
4: He looks uh, like Dom Dwyer. He runs and looks like Dom Dwyer. Uh, but
2: no need to offend the guy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm <just joking>. uh, <laughs> I like Dom.
4: I, I think this is the repercussion of playing Champions League and competing. In the English Premier League and not having the depth. Yeah. And injuries have played a big role in Newcastle struggling a bit to, to figure out how to rotate, how, how to balance the two competitions. And we've, we're, start, we're seeing it with, with a numerous clubs coming into the Champions League for the first time. Yeah. In a while.
2: There's also another level you have to reach. I, we talked about this before. For Eddie Howe, it's like now you have this uh, European competition. It's it's a lot to ask. Now all of a sudden you have to figure out the rotations. You have to figure out how to stretch your you know your your squad to fulfill all these. But you would assume going away to Bournemouth would not be. This much of a one-way match Mm -hmm. of a one-sided match I should say there
1: But like when you look at their injury list too, it's it's staggering like they have they basically have like half a team
2: What do you mean, Karen Trippier? He said that to the fans. Did you see the video? Yeah. He walked up to the fans. Like, Did you see how many injuries we have? Yeah. Because they were, the, the fans, fans were travel. giving them stick. He said
4: it to the fans? Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the fans were giving them stick.
2: The oh, fans were, he went up to talk to the fans because they were obviously very upset. They traveled all the way uh, down to Bournemouth. And he walked right up to him. He goes, What? Yeah. And how many injuries do we have? Which I guess, yeah. And then we also have a player who has a big gambling issue who we had yeah. spent a large
4: money on from, for Sandro Tanali. And mm-hmm. he can't oh, play as well. Oh, here's so the video. Trippier just ha- has to come over and say, hey, listen, man.
1: Yeah.
2: To me, that is captain material right there of being like, no, I'll, I'll take it. I'll go up to him.
4: But also, you know, he, he's, he's being real and, and saying, hey, look how many injuries you have. We're doing our best.
1: I mean, that's just it. I think it's a it, when the supporters start to question the, the effort that's being yeah, put don't, forward. It's like, like, don't like, hold question hold the effort. A here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, look at what we're, we're actually dealing with. Um, Nico, for you the uh, the Houston result. I mean, the thing is, is that I said this at the start of the MLS Cup playoffs. RSL is one of those teams that like they just it's won't go away. Marks. They yeah. just don't go away. They are they're hard to beat because they will find a way. They they play till the, the very final whistle. Um, and it's like, so it it's was like Master
4: Wenny. You know, that's how that's he Pablo. was as a player, just that's gutting Pablo. it out, tough. You could be down a man. He's gonna he's gonna play like you know he's gonna play like he's two players to make up for that that red card. You know he's that type of gutsy midfielder, and that that way that way he played that style of play has carried over to how he manages, and you could tell these guys playing for Real Salt Lake are giving everything they have. Is that like not there's...
2: frustrating though? Yeah. As a, especially as an RSL fan, you just never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to show up. You just know you're not going to give up. Even us, we were like, we don't know how to bet this way. I mean, you were pretty brave in betting.
3: I, I underestimated him because I remember in the first game at Houston where you actually bet on it. Mm-hmm. And throughout the game, I felt like a Houston, Houston was better, although, RSL brought that to the table and they balanced the game out on, 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 only on the scoreline, I would say, because Houston still had the momentum in their favor and it, it was difficult for them to to break the deadlock and they ended up winning. Yeah. They ended up winning rightfully so in game one, I would say. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? At home, they're going to ride a little bit more of that momentum, although RSL hasn't been that convincing, I think. And, and, and maybe they've played a season from... Worse to better. Mm-hmm. They've progressively improved mm-hmm. over over the MLS season. Who? O- RSL. Because of their additions that they've made. O- the o- roster. Right, right. And and, I th- and they found themselves and they started getting even more of an identity. And I just felt like, oh, Houston at home, I thought that was the bet. I thought it was like, okay, we'll yeah. get it
1: done in 90 minutes. I felt pretty confident about your bet. I yeah, did too as well. That. I also felt confident about my bet that AC Milan would... <laughs> that
4: was athletic. crazy. I, saw I, I was to like, we, I we're in the button. I'm like, we're good. I honestly thought uh-huh. we were all I good.
1: Know, I know. I was like, look at us.
2: I even bet us. Arsenal, which I never bet Arsenal. I was like, yeah, Burnley, come on. I'm like, this is going to be a nice one. 100%.
1: Yeah, so this is the equalizer. Look away, Suze. I know. Oh, God. Just, uh. Oh. It's
2: <laughs> a great finish. Yeah, it is.
1: But do you, so Jimmy said he was like, <laughs> he kind of pinned this one on Pioli. It was like, you just don't know what's going to happen. What's, I mean, what's been the issue? I feel like AC Milan have been wildly inconsistent.
4: And that's your left back who's, who's down on the ground. And look where the ball, where the goal comes from, right, where your left back typically would be there to be on, and Tomori wouldn't have to be so engaged. Mm. But. You just look at some of the letdowns with with Milan and and it's closing the the ball down, the urgency to close it down, the urgency to get back and and not be so wide open because sometimes it's the attack with three or four and those three or four stay and then you see the back four and there's just those big gaps that they leave. It's frustrating because we've seen how good Milan can be. Yeah. when you're never getting that consistency from Milan.
1: Yeah. Well, last time I bet on them. Just <laughs> Gonna say that.
4: <laughs> MLS crossed out. No, AC i know, Milan, AC Milan crossed out. Nope. You know nope, who's been nope. quietly consistent? Who? Juventus.
2: You.
1: Do you know I, you I, I thought about betting on them this weekend too? I thought, whatever. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Story coulda, of my woulda, life. Shoulda. You know who's also life. been
2: consistent? Napoli. Bad. You know what I mean? We're
1: going to hit on that in just a bit. Um, But right now, we are going to take a quick break. And Allie Trost-Martin is going to be back with some headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
5: The Charleston Battery and Phoenix Rising contest the 2023 USL Championship Final. Segmer's got there. Markanen! He's been knocking on the door. He knocks it down. Nick Markanen puts the battery ahead. Retained by Rising They're-
1: Oh, this is so exciting. So on Sunday in the USL final, it was Phoenix Rising beating the Charleston Battery. This is their first USL championship title, their second final appearance. Um, They finished sixth in the Western Conference, but went on to win the whole thing. And we are so excited because we're the new home of USL starting Let's next go. season. Wow. Let's, Let's go. go. So we're going to get to see How did they not win more Drogba? of that. Huh?
4: How did they not win when Didier Drogba was playing for them? That's that was right. yeah. He was hitting free kicks from all over the pitch. I remember just.
1: Was he? He was part owner of the Phoenix was, Rising. Was? Maybe still I don't, is? He still? I don't know if that's confirmed. I don't know. We'll have to dive into but he was Diplo's also one of the
4: owners? He was
2: balling. Pretty cool. You said Diplo? Diplo. The DJ. Interesting. Yeah, not the accountant.
1: Great great crowd, too. Yeah. At Charleston Battery. That was a, a heck of a turnout. <laughs> <for> <laughs> a
2: the, He's the, the only one who heard the joke I just I made. Did, I not, n- nor did I understand the bit. Why would there be an account named Diplo? Doesn't make sense.
1: E, oh, okay. All right. That, okay, yeah. I, so
2: I did kind of get it.
1: That's so We're already on If you have to explain on a Monday. It's not a good one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, congrats to Phoenix Rising. Well done. Uh, Let's well send it on over to uh, Allie Trost-Martin, yeah. who is here for some headlines. Allie... You filled in, you were in I the did. host seat I was when I was gone. How was your experience dealing with these guys?
6: Uh, it was great. Yeah. We had a good time, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was fun. You guys told me. I, yeah, I guess no, it was you're great. The, the real judges You're there. dressed
2: like Charlie's backpack today. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: this is not Louis Vuitton. It's paid to break it to y'all. Uh, not what I am sporting this morning. Hold
2: your bag up. Let me see. All right, let's
6: hold
2: it
6: up. Charlie's was to his bag. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, it's the other one. Oh, OK, no. there
6: you go, never mind. Darn, darn, I forgot my logo, team. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the headlines, and we'll start with some injury news in Italy, where struggling AC Milan received more bad news after Rafael Leao left Saturday's draw with Lecce after just 10 minutes with a hamstring injury. Scans that were taken on Leao's injury have revealed a first degree hamstring strain that will reportedly keep him out for at least three weeks, meaning he could miss Milan's next Champions League match on November 28th against Borussia Dortmund. And another high profile star facing an injury spell on the sidelines is Jude Bellingham. The Real Madrid star missed his second straight match in Saturday's 5-1 win over Valencia with the shoulder injury that he suffered against Rayo Vallecano a week ago. Real Madrid manager Carlo Ancelotti confirmed that the separated shoulder that Bellingham suffered will keep him out of England's upcoming Euro qualifiers against Malta and North Macedonia, but he expects him to be fit in time to return for Real Madrid's matches after the international break. And in international soccer news, the men's under-17 World Cup is underway in Indonesia and the United States is off to a winning start. 15-year-old Charlotte FC forward Neem Fasha Barchimas scored two goals to lead the Americans to a 3-1 win over South Korea on Sunday. San Jose Earthquakes midfielder Cruz Medina scored the eventual winner to give the U.S. three points in their opening match. They returned to action on Wednesday against Burkina Faso before wrapping up group play on Saturday against France. And in coaching news, Sesk Fabregas is stepping into his first senior managerial job, and it's leading the team he is part owner of. Fabregas is the new interim manager for Serie B side Como, replacing Moreno Longo, who was fired with Como in sixth place in the Italian second division. Fabregas retired after spending last season with Como and recently spent time as Como's U19 coach. Fabregas is one of a handful of high-profile minority owners at Como, along with Thierry Henry. And in other coaching news in Italy, the great uh, Rudi Garcia uh, area at Napoli is reportedly over. The reigning Serie A champion suffered their third loss of the season, dropping a 1-0 home loss to Empoli on Saturday. And that defeat appears to have cost Garcia his job. According to multiple reports, Napoli has fired Garcia with Croatian manager Igor Tudor and Italian World Cup hero hero, Fabio Cannavaro among the reported candidates to replace him. Napoli is sitting in fourth place in Serie A, 10 points behind leaders Inter Milan. Nico replacing Luciano Spalletti with Rudy Garcia. Drew, a lot of criticism when Garcia was hired. Who do you see being the next good fit for this job?
3: I don't know, and that falls on De Laurentiis, who absolutely botched the Spalletti issue. When you have a manager that brought you to your greatest heights in over 30 years, and you can't extend that, because of either pride or money, it feels like the club had to have had to find the way of moving that forward and, and helping that good vibe at the club when they got a perfect fit, a playing style with an identity to keep on giving you the momentum. It's just the just, momentum just, of the club, and then and then you go out and you grab Rudy Garcia, which clearly is not on the level of Spalletti, and then now. We see the reports of, of Igor Tudor, who, with all due respect, hasn't stayed at a club for more than a season throughout his entire managerial career. He was most recently at Marseille, Igor Tudor, um, and wasn't as great as, he expect, as they expected him to be. Of course, when you're at Marseille, you expect to be near the top of the table. Um, <clears throat> it's it's a very difficult situation because now you're you're bringing in people with not with un, un, Fabio Carvalho's unproven, Igor Tudor hasn't won at the
4: well, top level. That's that's the issue when you when you make a change at this stage in the season. Who's available? Yeah. You're, you're going with a short-term fix because it's so bad that you need to get rid of Rudy Garcia because yeah. he's been absolutely dreadful. So you need to clear him out, but at the same time you can't replace somebody with a long-term vision. This is strictly
2: short-term. It's a a quick fix. It's a quick fix. And you're hoping that they bounce back with that new manager bounce. bounce. But now this is the second time where they've sort of been caught off guard without a plan. Spalletti leaves, there's no plan. At least this doesn't seem, uh, the Rudy Garcia assignment doesn't seem like that was in their plans. It was slightly different tactics, slightly different style, players that were unhappy with what he was doing. If the rumors are true and he's fired, now you have a second opportunity where it doesn't feel like this was part of the plan. I mean, this has got to be frustrating it, this if you're is, a Napoli this is, the ba-
3: this is the band-aid. This is the band-aid before they find a cure to the problem at Napoli right now. The shame being that
2: it felt like
3: something I was Spaletti, happening.
1: Yeah, Spaletti was the fix. I mean, that was the guy that yeah. brought them back. It's just a shame. How much of this, though, so, how much do you put on Garcia? And how much of it is them you know, losing some pretty key players? But not really. They lost to Kim Min Jay.
2: And they lost their whole they, spine the year before, and they go on to
4: win
1: the Scudetto. They, yeah. they kept the I mean, midfield. They, they kept,
2: kept Osiman and Kvada. But, I mean, how hard is it? This is, is all
4: it? on Rudy Garcia. It is
1: all. You, yeah. you put it all. Uh,
4: and, and all on De Laurentiis, because he's the one who couldn't find a amicable a way, to, way to, to deal with Spalletti to make him happy. This is your manager who brought glory to the city, to the club. I know. And you couldn't find years. a way.
2: find a way to keep him. Yeah. Or at least... Get his assistant, you know, someone who can keep that system going if he was really hellbent on taking over the,
3: Do we, the And Spalletti job.
1: wanted to stay. I would imagine think? that
3: Spalletti would have wanted to stay. I understand Italy can knocking on the door. Because didn't he take a
1: sabbatical? Like, wasn't he, like, or like, well, was that part of the, the conflict with De Laurentiis? From what
4: I read, it was there was a disagreement. He was unhappy. Yeah. And that is why he threatened to leave, and then he ended up leaving.
1: And
3: De Laurentiis right. was like, yeah, okay, yeah, leave. And then he ends up taking the Italy job. <laughs>
2: Wow. Didn't want you anyway,
1: you know?
2: It's just like, it it doesn't.
1: I broke up with you first. It it doesn't
3: make sense. It's like when when everybody's happy and then the manager's just like, and then you pull out the manager and you just think you can quick fix somebody else and have that same momentum going forward you're not going to reap the same rewards yeah it's almost impossible to keep that going
4: and when you don't feel appreciated you don't that the
2: trust isn't reciprocated then Mm -hmm. that's when you say i'm out
1: yep and clearly the players
2: didn't buy in which was that's immediately how you lose
1: it's a big problem um all right guys we're going to take another break we are chatting uh a pretty incredible nwsl final when we get back sandra herrera is going to join us for that conversation stick around
5: but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to vioricom sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. It's the NFL off season, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports
4: Podcast Network, the football season never stops.
6: The 10th
1: NWSL Championship game, OL Reign and Gotham, the talking is over,
6: there's a problem here for Megan Rapinoe, looks as though Megan Rapinoe will have to be replaced.
1: Oh lovely play by Midge first. she has time to
6: pick up Williams,
1: it's Lynn Williams from Gotham, oh now here's an option through the centre, the flag stayed down and she's put it away, Rose LaBelle has equalised for... 2023 champions, and this will be their first NWSL trophy in their history. Just wow. For Gotham FC, it's a tale of worse to first. The team that finished dead last in the standings last season are now NWSL champions after that 2 1 win against OL Rain. Uh, this is their first NWSL championship in club history. Midge, was out of her mind Mm -hmm. in this match. The second player with multiple assists in the final. She was incredible. Lynn Williams, the first player to win four NWSL titles. Uh, Just an absolutely thrilling and tremendous performance for Gotham. And uh, to break this down even further, we are absolutely delighted to welcome in our good friend, Sandra Herrera, who was there. She witnessed it all firsthand. Uh, First of all, I know you are on Team No Sleep right now. So we very much appreciate you taking the time to join us, but how are, how are you feeling? Have you recovered? What was the experience like of being in San Diego?
7: Oh my goodness. Well, good morning. I don't know if I'll ever recover from this type of final. It was incredible. I am team no sleep. So I guess that means I'm winning. Um, it's, it's been, t- it's, it's, that, that angles is tough. You know, the, 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 lack, the lack of sleep I think, uh, and, and the combination of the game, it kind of makes up for, for, for everything. I don't know if going into this final, we would have anticipated this game kind of checking off all of the boxes, but that's exactly what it did. I mean, it had all of these storylines that we had all been discussing in, in the days leading up to the final, and then the actual match itself, just delivering several moments of, of high drama and, and absolutely unfortunate injury. Uh, re- B.A.R. <laughs> made its appearance. Uh, you can't ask for anything more, I think.
2: Sandra, I mean, there's so much we could talk about this game. Uh, you know, incredible players. Lynn, uh, you know, Allie Krieger, obviously winning on her on her final, in a final match ever. But I want to talk about Midge Purse, who, kind of an unsung hero throughout this entire season, uh, doesn't make the, the national team squad. Is there a chance that the new manager, potentially Emma Hayes, was watching and thinking, yo, this is a big game player?
7: Oh, I, I hope so. I mean, this is you know, the biggest game of the year in, in NWSL. And it's typically one of the matches that always has, has the most eyes on it. And you're right. Mitch Purse is a player who's been in that U S women's national team pool and games like this typically get the attention when you have those many eyes on it, but absolutely a no brainer vote for me when it came down to voting for the uh, MVP of, of this final. Uh, absolutely shredding players on the pitch, and I just think it takes players, smart players, to understand the magnitude and, and the moment of a big game. And it was very, it was very interesting to, to sort of hear her speak and speak with her in, in in media after the game, noting that that certain moments of this game were affected by the very early start and the exit of Megan Rapino. and she mentioned how. They kind of had to come together, take a look at the situation in front of them and understand that they have some compassion and say, yeah, that's deeply unfortunate tragedy almost. But you're playing in a big final and you want to respect the game and you have to keep going and push forward and kind of connecting with Yasmeen Ryan and saying, hey, let's take a look at the players in the opposition and our marks around us and kind of said, we're going to try to go at this player or this player and push forward. And to see them kind of manifest a goal kind of coming out of a little bit of a game that Seemed to be a little cagey right after Megan Rapinoe came out. Who's going to strike first? It was not shocking to see that it was Mitch Burst kind of manifesting all of these things.
4: Sandra, I know you, you had picked O.L. Reign to win this game. And obviously the, the injury to, to Rapinoe is, is detrimental to, to their squad. But how do you think Laura Harvey dealt with the adjustment? And, and not only in that first half, but throughout the match.
7: Well, I think getting that equalizer from Roosevelt was was massive. I think that's a player that you saw immediately try to also look ahead and push forward through the game of it. The first player to go over to Megan Rapinoe, and she was down on the pitch. I think we all saw it on the on the cameras, and then it was ultimately confirmed to media when she took the time to speak with us, saying that she went over there and heard Megan Rapinoe say I'm pretty sure I've just done my Achilles and she said you gotta be effing joking me so it, it was it was a situation that both teams found themselves having to to really make some immediate response I don't know about adjustments I feel like these two teams still stuck to their game plans but in terms of the mentality of having to navigate a moment like that it had to it had to require a quick response and I think certain players you're looking for those gamers who are gonna take over games and I think we saw that Image Purse for Gotham, but we also saw that for Rose Lavelle and O.L. Reign. I think Laura Harvey and, at one point, Megan Rapino on the sidelines just sort of trying to coach up this team to get through that first 45 minutes, and they did keep things, you know, mostly even um, going into the halftime, conceding that set piece might not have been the best way to close things out after having that equalizer, but I think when you see in the second half there, you were looking for maybe a little bit more of uh, in personnel uh, adjustments from from Laura Harvey, maybe subbing uh, Elise Elise a little bit earlier, because I think we saw a little bit of a spark come back into the game when we saw her come off the bench. So maybe there are going to be some question marks around that. But the game is over. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Maybe you take a look at that, you know, in hindsight over the offseason. Um, but I think we definitely saw one team execute uh, their tactics a little bit better than the other.
4: In in saying that, I thought Quinn did a fantastic job. Um, Yeah. And Quinn probably could have changed the game earlier just based on distribution alone, I thought. Yeah, you take a look at the
7: windows and and wonder, you know, maybe maybe five minutes earlier, you know, for for, for the window, for that first substitution window, like maybe you bring these these players on. But I I think, you know, utilizing Quinn and then that double pivot alongside Emily Sonnet, you know, speaking with them as well in the days leading up, to, to this final. There's been a lot of discussion about that double pivot for O'Reilly and what, what that has provided for them in terms of progression of the ball moving forward. But uh, I'm, I'm with you. I would say Quinn was a, a great adjustment and um, especially alongside Emily Sonny who had a, a ton of touches and was trying to, to, to make some things work in that midfield.
3: Sandra, I like what you said about Rose Lavelle. I think the result of the final doesn't do justice to the game that she played because she balled um, and she deserves that, that recognition because she met the moment of, of a final, but wanted to ask you about Gotham and the way that they were pancake-flipped their institution from, from last to first. They, How do you think they
7: created such a turnaround? You know, I think we've talked a lot about or heard a lot about speaking with these, these players and the, and the coaches about belief. And I think when you look at outside of uh, all of the tactical things that Juan Carlos Amoros has introduced and brought into this Gotham squad. It's your first season as head coach with a new coaching staff. It requires, uh, you know, excellent communication with your players to um, describe that vision. But it also requires that buy-in, that belief. And that's something that we heard a lot from these players, not just in this particular week leading up to the final, but throughout the duration of the season, and specifically these playoffs, these knockout rounds. They were saying repeatedly after their wins that it takes everybody from player one to, to player two. 20, 26, you know, on, on the game day rosters, um, that buy-in that belief, uh, sort of have that mentality to, to kind of power through, even if there's an incredibly jarring moment in a game, I think is, is incredible in terms of managing, uh, you know, the high emotions of that and sticking to, to your game plan. Uh, it, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how, how things kind of progress into next season, because another thing we've, Often heard about from these players going into this final game of the season is that nothing's ever really the same when you go into the next year. Teams constantly changes, always turnover. There's always changes, year to year, season to season. So it was uh, very important to them to make sure that this group continue to to stay bought in, to stay united, and to to make sure they they lifted that trophy.
4: I want to give a shout out to one of our colleagues' wives, Erin West, Yael. Yael, She's just been the absolute. To make these signings, these adjustments, I know we talked about Gotham, but Yael, to bring in Esther
2: Gonzalez Mm. after winning a World Cup. She gets that big goal. In a final. Come on! I know. Not just that, Lynn Williams. Yeah. You know Lynn Williams, who's now won her fourth NWSL title. In fact, Sandra, that was going to be my question. There's a, there's a lot of players we could give shine to, but I want to ask you how it felt when you were there at the final. Kind of give us a viewpoint of where you feel the league is right now. The NWSL. This kind of almost felt like a little bit of a watershed season, but there's you know a lot more a lot more competition, especially from some of the European leagues. Um, how do you feel about the state of NWSL?
7: Yeah, I'll touch on both. I mean, absolutely. Shout out to, to to Yael for sure. I think she got a little bit of flack in the early phase of the offseason for making some of the moves that she did. But that's part of it, being brave, being bold and making those types of moves and what a payoff uh, for her. And I think to combine the two uh, questions, you sort of see that it's almost like if We're watching and witnessing the league kind of maybe make that that full story arc. This is the former player that is in a general manager position, um, saying that she maybe never saw herself in that role. We have two players that just played uh, in in an incredible final. We're talking about scenes. It might be the greatest finals experience that I've ever got to witness as far as some of the finals. That I've watched, it was almost um, poetic to hear Ali Krieger refer to that 2016 final in the mix on when she was speaking uh, with us, and that was the first final I had ever covered uh, in in NWSL. And even in that, you could just see the growth year to year, and uh, it's almost it was a perfect ending. It was it was a very fitting cast that was present to this final act in the league's biggest game of the year. You have two generational players that are part of an era that had to work very hard. They were asked to believe in a third iteration of a women's professional soccer league. And rightfully so, there might have been some skepticism around that, especially with what we know now through prior investigations across the league regarding the at- various, varying allegations of of abuse and to kind of ask them to navigate those channels and those waters, um, tough, Uh, but to see it kind of all come together in this moment with all of the promotion, the marketing, the investment, uh, and some of the resource that we're seeing and hearing them all talk about that um, in the exit of this match to note how markedly different it is compared to year one or even mid-year and now in year 11. So um, I think in terms of where it's going to go next, there's always things to work on. Lynn Williams said it best, the media, this is the biggest and baddest that she's ever seen it, but there are always things to be tweaked and she can't wait to see what it looks like next year.
1: Uh, Well, Sandra, we are so grateful that you took the time to join us this morning. We've been so grateful for your outstanding coverage of the league all season long. Get some
7: rest, will you? (laughs) No, team no sleep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sandra, thank you so much. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Jeff Shreves is going to join us. On the other side, we're going to break down the weekend of Premier League action. That's coming up. Don't go anywhere.